All right, coaches, welcome to Speed Kills Football, the podcast. Got another great guest for you to got today. Um, Vincent Marshall, wide receivers coach at Southern University. Uh, coach Marshall ran track and played football for U of H, the University of Houston. Got a couple different topics we're going to touch on today. But to get us started, Coach, first of all, thanks for coming on. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, just a little bit about, I guess, me. I'm born and raised in Ennis, Texas. Um, and uh, went to high school, Ennis High School. Uh, ran track, like you said, played football, had success in both. Um, actually had a chance to go to University of Houston on a track scholarship. So uh, that's uh, the reason why I did both. Uh, but uh, ran track there, uh, played football. And again, just, you know, had success, love both sports. Um, if anyone, if you know me, uh, I love both. I love track, love watching track, uh, love football. Obviously, couldn't get away from the football game, so I became a coach. Uh, and now I'm kind of been around the country coaching, uh, high school, been at the NAIA level, and uh, D2 level and the D1 level. So kind of been part of every level there, cool. except for the D3 level, but... Other than that, man, that's a little, little bit, little spill about me. Coach, um, let's talk about this, the school that you coached at previously um, on the high school level. How long did you do that for? I was there for a year. I was at Seguin High School, uh, high school right outside of uh, San Antonio. Okay. All right, my head coach uh, was the O-line coach when I played at Ennis. So good to get back with him. Awesome. And just learn learn a little bit uh, underneath him because we you know we were we were good in high school we won two state championships so it was good to get back underneath the uh, coach Walker. So in high school, um, at NSU, you were fortunate enough to won two state championships. What classification is that, coach? We were four A at the time. They've uh, Texas now has six A, so they are five A now. Five A, okay. And so your O line coach when you were in high school was the head coach. Yeah, he was a head coach at Seguin at the time. Okay. Um, okay. And from there, where'd you go? I went there. From there, I went to be a GA at Bowling Green State University in uh, Bowling Green, Ohio. Yep. Who'd you coach under over there, coach? Dino Babers. Okay. So Bowling Green. So you went from high school to D1. Yes, sir. Coached the outside receivers my first year. Um, as a GA and uh, as a running back coach second year. So you're there for two seasons at Bowling Green. Where'd you go after that, coach? Syracuse. Syracuse. Oh, what'd you coach over there? Work with running backs. Running backs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, And then Syracuse, you landed at Southern? From Syracuse, I went to Houston, where I was a recruiting analyst. Um, from Houston, I went to Missouri Southern, where I coached running backs. And that's then, the NAI level? That's the D2 level. D2 level? Okay. And then from there, I went, I came to uh, Southern. Gotcha. Division two. Division two. Okay. Um, how'd you like coaching running backs as opposed to receivers? I like it. I mean, it was, it was different. You know, I got to see more in the box where receiver, I'm – I, obviously, you're going to keep your eyes on the secondary. Yeah. And so 
it was you know it was different. You you, you get to see how things kind of work. Uh, yeah, within especially the RPO game and stuff like that. Yes, sir. I started off as a receiver coach um, at a 3A school. Well, actually, at a 1A school, Hamilton Christian first, then Iowa High School, a 3A school here in Louisiana. And uh, now the office of coordinator in the wing tee. So, uh, <laughs> so I went from one extreme. I played in the spread, coached the spread as a receiver coach. Now I'm the office of coordinator at Oberlin High School. We run the wing tee. It got to be different. It's, it, it took a while. Uh, I've been doing it. This will be my seventh year. Those first two years were really trial and error for me. Um, I was fortunate enough, I had a head coach who kind of let me uh, learn on the fly. Uh, he came from a school that ran the wing tee at Eunice High School um, under Coach Trosclair, who's a wing tee guru. So I, I was able to learn a lot from him. And then uh, our head coach and I, we, we would go all over to different schools and uh, pick up different things. And kind of the past three years, we found what worked for us. And we've, we've been relatively successful. But it's just funny that I went from coaching receivers, playing in the spreads, and now I'm a, I'm a wing tee guy. That's what, that's what I know the most probably now. Uh, I haven't coached a receiver in probably eight years. So, oh, man. Wow. So, so um, but what you said, you know, you learn more about the box. Um, and that's kind of what I was learning on the fly was more of the interior stuff, you know, because I was not that familiar with it. Um, so... Southern right now, you guys are one and one. Yes, sir. Okay. And y'all got who we have? Texas Southern coming up. Texas Southern next week. Well, this week. This week. Yeah, coming up this week. And then uh so Alcorn State, y'all have a buy there again, because they're they're forfeiting. Yes, they forfeit the spring season. Okay. Okay. And then y'all go into Jackson State. They've been getting a lot of noise. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean. Yeah, the uh, uh, yep. So that'll be a good one, Coach. I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, how y'all how y'all feeling going in going into the next game, Coach? Feel good. Feel good. We get a bye, um, which we had this week and uh, or last week. I mean, and just getting guys, you know, healthy and uh, perfecting some things. So always happy when you get a bye. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, speaking when I was coaching at Iowa, we had a receiver that ended up going to Southern, uh, Mason Caesar. He ended up playing some special teams over there. He played a little bit of receiver for you guys, but uh, he ended up getting he, I don't know if he walked on or got a scholarship, I don't remember, but I remember his junior and senior year, he got to play a good bit, mostly special teams over there for you guys. Uh, great kid. Um, So let's talk about some of your favorite receiver drills, Coach. What do you guys like to do on a daily basis? Do you do kind of the same thing, get in a routine, or do you kind of vary it up from day to day? I usually uh, like to work releases. First thing first, I like to get into releases and uh, just work our hands and our feet and our eyes on defenders and uh, – really getting those guys to be more reactionary when you're, when you're running your routes. Because a lot of times the guy, our guys, or just receiving in general, when you're coming off the ball and you want to get vertical or make a move on a defender, a lot of them make it too soon. Mm -hmm. So now the defender just opens his hips 
and meet you at the spot. And so we work we work releases. I'm usually the guy, I'm, I'm there, and I kind of play around with how I want to do it. I may be up in your face where it's press man to make you, okay, now you have to change your feet, have your hands ready for hand-to-hand -hand combat, or I may play off where you have to attack me vertically. Um, but I kind of switch it up so, again, they can be reactionary and just use the tool belt that they're given when working uh, releases. But that's usually my first go-to is a hey, work releases, and then I, if I have time, I love to work getting in and out of breaks because to me, that's the two hardest things. I Coaching receivers is if you can't catch, okay, you won't play receiver. But if you can catch, you can get in and out of a break and you can get out of the man, you got a chance. So I just, those are like the two most important things for me is just making sure we can do the fundamentals and technique of those first. And then obviously we'll catch balls every day. I mean, every day we'll have some type of ball drill where we're catching, tracking, but uh, kind of high again. I, I was coaching receivers. I was real big on working, getting in and out of the breaks. I was because you know we might not have the fastest kid, but if he can get in and out of his breaks in a fluid manner, he's gonna give himself a chance to make plays for us. So oh, that yeah. was something that we worked uh, really, really hard. Um, what, what, what are some of the things, are you a cone drill guy? I like cones, but I, I'd rather use the little, I guess you call them circles, something that you can stick yeah, in. Yeah, I know the little, uh, I don't know what you call them. I call those cones too. I don't even know what you call those. Yeah. I, I try not to, I like cones, but at times you, you're having to run around a cone. So they may change if you put a circle on the ground and you're oh, running. you're talking about the full circles, the little yeah, the full circle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like those better than, than cone drills because you, again, you may run, you have some taller, smaller guys. Everyone's yeah. pattern is going to be different. And there, I mean, obviously, there are some drills you want to use cones for because you, you want to get their feet in the ground on that cone. Mm -hmm. But for me, the most part, I don't, I, I try to stay away from cones because it always, if I'm running a, a dig route or a basic, whatever you want to call it. And I put a cone there. I mean, that that cone may be different for different. those guys, and I don't want those guys to get used to a cone when you're coming in and out of a break. I want you to get to your depth and then get in and out of the break. And I don't want the, the cone to kind of be, hey, I got to get around this cone. I just want to be able to get to my depth, put my foot in the ground, and get out flat. So, gotcha. I like cones, but I try to stay away from them. Gotcha. Circles. I like the circles too, Coach. Yep. I need to get my hair coach to invest in some of those. As a matter of fact. We used to have some. I love them. We don't have any anymore. Uh, win the day. I see that on your backdrop over there. Is that y'all's motto this year? This is something Coach uh, Odom's always says, and just stuck with me once I got here. Um, and I literally just live by it now. Just every day, I got to get something out of that day. Even a bad day, I can get something out of it. And to right. me, that's a win for me, and, and not just for me, for my room, for this team. We just keep that attitude. We always have a chance to get better and win these games. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I know uh, a lot of the coaches we talked to, one of the kind of newer things is each individual uh, position group has their own kind of mantra for that year um, or name, you know, for their specific group to kind of uh, generate, I guess, some pride and buy-in into what you're doing each day in your individual drills. Um, it was Coach, uh, Coach Lockett was the first guy who talked about it at Northwestern. But when he came on, I, I kind of liked what he had going on over there. And then there was another guy that came on a couple weeks ago 
Um, so that's why I was wondering about the win the day thing, if that was something that you did with your guys or if that was a group, a team thing, you know, so. No, our, our guys, we, we now, we, we're not real loud with kind of having a name for our group, but we do live by, like, earn it. That's kind of our deal. Like, we don't talk about it. Uh, we don't have to tweet about it. But even on my Zoom meeting, like, the password is earn it. It's I just something that. to keep in the head. Like, every day you come out. No matter how good you think you are, uh, you could be the best receiver on the team. Doesn't matter. You still got to earn your play. You got to earn your keep here, and so it's just that's, win, man. that's right. Kind of a big model for us. Hey, just earn it. Don't talk about it. Don't tell me, hey, coach, I'm gonna have a great day today. Show me, earn it. Gotcha. So, I like that. I might steal that from you, coach. Oh, it's it's, it's been good to us. It's been good to us. So let's talk about your time at U of H, Coach. I know you were a multi-sport athlete over there. Um, give us a little bit of, uh, you know, your story over there, kind of um, what you liked about it and how your time there went. U of H was obviously college is always fun when you're young and coming from a small town to a big city. Uh, beautiful experience, man. But it was it was tough, too, doing two sports. Doing one sport is tough enough. Uh, adding another one was that was something different coming from high school to college. You, you really start to learn like it's, it's a totally different level now as far as it's a job. Weights, level. Yeah. It, even in track, I mean, you're lifting weights. You're not, they, those guys may not look big, but at U of H we were, we were still lifting. You're still squatting. You're still ain't clean, power clean. Like you're still in the weight room. And so that was, like I said, that was something different for me, but just going into it. Um, my first year, um, I think it was probably the toughest time because I had to get adjusted to getting up early uh, in the morning for weights, uh, classes, you know, just the sacrifices that I had to make to make sure I could be my best. And I'm just talking about track, first of all, because that was my scholarship. I went to school to run track. I didn't plan on playing football. Again. That's what I was fixing to ask you. Did you know going in that you were going to play football or that happened while you were on campus? No, I, I um, once I signed my letter of intent to run track, I started trying to kind of like lose weight just so I, cause I was a triple jumper. There was, I won state, well, I played second in state, but I would, that's kind of what helped me earn that scholarship was that my end long jump. And so I was a field event guy. And uh, I got down to around 135, 140, just so I could have spring, just to, I knew when I went to college, I was probably gonna pick up some weight. And so I lost weight. So and again, didn't didn't think about playing football again and got got on campus. So well, let me take that back. Played an all-star game in high school, did well in it, made me kind of question, like, hey, maybe I, you know, should play football again. But wanted to make sure like my heart was still in it. Didn't want to just play it because I had a good game. So uh, went to school, talked to the track coaches and you know, asked them would it be okay if I walked on. And uh, at the time, Coach Demo was the head coach of U of H and gave me a chance, to, you know, allowed me to walk on once I got there. And from there on, I mean, it was track and football for the next four years for me. Um, yeah, you're the, you're the second dual sport um, college athlete that we've had on the on the podcast. And, um, you know, play, doing one sport in college is, is hard enough. So I can only imagine the sacrifices you have to make as a dual sport 
you know, athlete. But in that same breath, you know, we encourage the younger kids in our area and especially the high school kids, you know, being in a smaller school, you know, play every sport because you never know what that sport's going to teach you. A, the main thing that I think of is when you get into the workplace, the boss of job A isn't going to be the same as job B. Your basketball coach and your football coach or your track coach, they're going to all come at you with different perspectives from different backgrounds and different philosophies. So it's, it's teaching you how to take criticism in different ways is one of the main things that I, I push for our kids. Yeah, for me, uh, being a dual sport athlete, I mean, in high school, the way my mom put it to me, and this is why I did more than one sport, was you will go to high school one time. You only get high school once. And once you're done, there's no going back and redoing it. So you need to have fun. But if you're going to play multi-sports, you need to take them seriously. That's right. And she said, you know, she was big on that. Like, if you're not going to take the sport serious, I'm going to take you out. And so my biggest thing was, okay, what did I really like doing? Love playing receiver. But I, I felt seventh, eighth grade, like, man, I, I got to get faster. You know, obviously when you're on the field, you're running routes. So obviously you'll have gashes and all that stuff, but you really, for the most part, you, you're running 10-yard routes, 15-yard routes. Like you're really not extending unless you're running the vertical. And how many times do you run a vertical in practice? So same thing, my mom again. Hey, run track. I mean, what's the can't lose anything, right? You can only gain from it. And so, uh, and obviously that started younger, but seventh, eighth grade, she was, you know, big on that. And so once I got to high school, it was the same thing. She just said, now at that time I wanted to play basketball. My mom was like, You're not good at basketball. So you don't need to play basketball. She told you the truth. Oh yeah. She just said, Hey, you're not you're not as good as you think you are. And so let's play the sports that you're actually somewhat good at and get better at those because you playing basketball is not going to help you mm-hmm. uh, because you're not going to play. You're just going to practice. So I, I took a, took a word for it, ran track, uh, took it serious, took it very serious. Um, like I said, was a field events guy, um, held the state record in a true jump for a year. Uh, and then, uh, what'd you jump coach? Uh, 50 feet, 10 inches was the jump. I got I placed actually placed second with a win aided jump of 51 8 in a triple jump. And the guy, there was a guy from I want to say Jasper. He went 51 10, which was crazy. That's crazy. But Texas, man, it's 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 a different level, man. I mean, I never down to any state, but man, Texas, when it comes to high school track and football, I mean there's already teams running 40 points right now. In high school, who were some of your coaches along the way, coach, that kind of guided you or mentors for you as a youngster? Coach Walker, obviously, he was man vital in, as far as me coaching. Man, he taught me a lot, um, and he still does. I mean, I could call Coach Walker up anytime. He's just, God, he was just a great dude, man. He's such a great coach. Coach Rogers, who was my receiver coach um, when I was in Ennis, played in Ennis High School. He was vital as far as just doing the little things right and just, hey, getting better every day. Um, one of the coaches I played with, so we, we played together. He's now a head coach 
at Princeton High School. We call him Cheeseburger. His name is Coach Chandler. He's been instrumental too for me. Um, I, I call, we talk a lot. And it's, it's a lot of my mentors are going to be high school coaches. And I know a lot of college coaches that say, hey, man, this, I like this college coach. I like that college coach. I just, for me, the high school level is just so, it's almost the purest form of, of love when it comes to the sport because, you know, you're not playing for a scholarship in high school. And so those coaches, you deal with a lot more to me personally than college coaches do. I know that responsibilities are still different, but for high school coaches, man, it's just, I, I really look up to those guys because, of, I mean, they deal with a lot. You have to work through a lot and you're not just coaching in, in some instances, you're teaching as well. So, I mean, you're putting in a ton of time to make guys great and, and you, you have to deal with a lot. Like I said, it's high school, you know, it's just different than, hey, you come to college and you still have your issues, but it's just, it's different. I just think it's totally different high school to college. The approach you have to take probably varies um, from high school to college, I would think as a coach. Um, you know, like you said, the kids that you're coaching are on scholarship. Um, and, and the, these high school kids are, are choosing to play for strictly the love of the game or the hopes to get a scholarship one day. Yes. Um, one of the things that our head coach does, um, and one of the reasons I think he's been as successful as he has been is, you know, he, he genuinely buys in to caring about the kids, you know, and you can, you can tell when it's genuine and when it's fake, you know, when you coach either he really cares or he, or he acts like he cares. And I think our kids, you know, they know um, when he walks in the room, he's going to do whatever they need, you know, whether it be food, they need a pair of pants, cleat, whatever it is, he's going to get it done some way, shape, or form for them. And I think that's one of the reasons that he is as successful as he has been. He's, you know, he's a he's their coach, but he's also their father figure. He's, you know, he could be their chef one day. You know, he, he wears a lot of different hats. And we all do that as his assistants because we all approach it the same way, learning under him. Uh, there's just so many different hats that I know that as a head coach, you know, that he wears. And uh, – you know, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I'm sure it is in, in some aspects. Yeah, I mean, it is. Like for me, I guess I always go to just my room, just, you know, the receiver group. Like you're, obviously you're their coach, but it, you got to play a, a bigger role in their lives. Because I, for me, I feel personally, I think if you're a coach and that's all you're there for, eventually you will not be a coach. And I don't, and I don't think, you won't be a coach because the coach is going to get rid of you. I just feel like God put you in that position and you've got to be, a, you got to play a bigger role. It can't just be about X's and O's. And so right. for me, it all starts with just practice in general. If I have the receivers on the field, I got to get as much as I can out of them. And I'm not even just talking about drills. I'm just saying in general. So first thing, if we don't wear helmets, you have to put your helmet on the line and it should always face forward. Always. Because let's say we have a bad day. We got to look forward. And it's like little things like that. Hey, I want to be a straight line. I want to face forward. It may be stupid to someone else, but to me, it's just, hey, now you're learning how to work together as a team, how to have some kind of organization to yourself. Because college football with practice and school and trying to 
live through COVID right now and off the field stuff. Like you gotta have, it's so crazy. It's gotta be some kind of structure somewhere. So for me, it starts at practice. Like the structure oh, starts there. Hurricanes, oof. It's, it's crazy. Like it, we, 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 we put those, these young men through a lot. Like, and no, don't get me wrong. They signed on the dotted line, but it's still a lot for them. And so it's just, you gotta figure out a way to try and slow the world down for them. And for me, it's just, hey, let's start with structure first and then we'll get into football because they won't, uh, 99% of them wanna play football. That's not the issue, but we just gotta, we gotta play a bigger role than just, hey, I'm your coach. And you know, those guys go through stuff off the field. You gotta be able to pick up your phone and give them the guidance to get through some things because we've all been there. If you play college football, we've all been there, been in their shoes. We understand the struggle. And so we gotta, we get, we got, we gotta play a bigger role than just, Hey, you need to run this route correctly. Yep. Yes, sir. So coach, after you of age, you did a year in the NFL and then how long did you play in uh, Canada? Three years, three years. Three years, won a great cup my first year, playoffs my second year, and then stopped playing my third year, really. Um, just wanted to kind of get into coaching, and it was tough, you know, going back and forth. And my body was so broken, too. It was just <laughs> I needed that time to heal. So, um, yeah, three years, three years. What's – um. What's kind of different? I know it's a little bit different over there um, in Canada as far as their rules and stuff. What makes it a little bit different? Well, 12 men on the field. Yeah. First thing first. Uh, they have this thing called a waggle. Waggle is basically where the receivers can run toward the line of scrimmage. So if you're off the ball, you can run toward the line of scrimmage. If you're on the ball, you can run up and down the line of scrimmage. And the running backs can also waggle too. And usually that extra defender, Canada is going to play either some, uh, maybe a linebacker or something in the, in the secondary. And then the extra guy on offense is usually your receiver. Gotcha. But it's a lot. I mean, the fields are bigger. Uh, the fields are long. The touchdowns are, what, 20 yards, I think? 20. The field goal post is in the front of the, the end zone. Yeah. Um, no halo rule, punt return. So it's, I mean, it's a lot. It's a fun game, though. That's probably the most fun I've had. But, but it's it's a different game. Just, you know, little. Was there little, a transition of learning? Or do they use the same terminology? Yes, as far as the routes and all that they do. do. Um, it was just different having a chance to run towards your defender. That was different for me. Um, but it wasn't the transition that is, as to learning the offense and the defense it wasn't that difficult you just added a, another guy to the equation um we always ask this and i'm a foodie i like to cook i like to eat coach what's some of the favorite things that you've got to experience in different locations uh, as far as the food goes you know Ooh, in canada it was probably the poutine which is like mashed potatoes corn and gravy with cheese it was I thought it was good. Um, God, what else was different about Canada? Di different spots, the food was different. Like Toronto, they had some great food, Toronto. Um, more spicy. I'm not a spicy guy, but 
definitely enjoyed some of the, the spicy, the jerk chicken and stuff that, that ate in uh, Toronto. Um, but for the most part, I mean, nothing too crazy. I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a diabetic, so I can't enjoy food like I want to. And I, I love sweets, so it's tough. It's tough for me. I try to take care of my body. I'm a soft guy myself, so I don't, I don't really eat a whole, whole lot of sweets, but I eat a lot of other, you know, stuff. So. But that's always a question I like to ask, you know, from people who've gone to different, you know, places. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like the type of person I am. I, I can eat peanut butter and jelly for like the rest of my life. So it's just. I don't really eat. I don't. I don't go too deep. Yeah, I mean, I coached with a guy uh, in Iowa. He would either get a hamburger or chicken tenders everywhere we went. He never, never varied from that from that menu. And I was like, "Come on, coach, you gotta try this." He's like, "Nope, store, I ain't doing it. I'm getting a hamburger." <laughs> Do you? We had a seafood restaurant. He's getting a hamburger. Like, Life has changed though since I moved to Louisiana. Now it's some food out here. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, crawfish, boudin balls, man, it's amazing out here. I, I would say this is probably the most I've eaten in my life because it's just so much good food, so much so flavorful, just so good. I figured I so our head coach. I was telling you, we get to go to all, we go to all these different schools or different places, whether it be a high school or a college, and uh, you know we go meet with these coaches and find little things and get a little advice tips. And I, I always wonder how he was able to pull some of this stuff off. I'm like, what is he, like, how does he know all these people? I figured it out. Every time we go somewhere, he packs him a goodie bag full of food from over here. Sausage and boudin, he, crawfish, like just every time, coach, he hooks them up. Um, but one of, the, one of the schools we got a lot of stuff from um, is uh, Pleasant Grove in, uh, I think it's in Texarkana, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They uh they run the wing tea and they're they're pretty successful with it out there, and um, we got a lot of good stuff for them from those guys um, that we that we use a lot today. So that's what he's speaking of the Louisiana food. That's how he got all that stuff set up for us. He, he hooks them up. So much good food here. It's crazy. So, um, one of the things that we got a request for um, on the podcast is to get some college coaches to come in and kind of talk about um, advice for future prospective athletes, you know, what they can do throughout that recruiting process to help them, to help you guys, you know, um, kind of iron out and smoothing out the process for them. For me, really for us as coaches, the first thing they can do is to make sure they put their names, like, have your name <laughs> so many nicknames it's like just put your government name the name your mom and dad gave you oh no you can't find it. yeah it's hard to find a lot of guys sometimes it's just if you can just do that first that's just it makes it it's so much easier for just coaches in general i'm not just talking about myself just college coaches in general just hey put your first your last name on there and then we can start there and then another thing that will help those guys is they put their their uh, huddle on their Twitter too. Some guys don't, they don't put their huddle link like on. Like to their huddle? Mm-hmm. So we could, cause it's every, like you said, everything is going through Twitter now. Yeah. I mean, and it's, for me, it's helpful. It just saves us time because we have to watch so many, you know, kids 
And if we could just, again, first, last name, huddle, bio in, uh, on your Twitter, it, it on your Twitter profile, it'll help us. And then academics, if you know what your GPA is, that helps as well. Now, I understand that some guys may have low GPAs, they may not want to put it on there, but I mean, that helps us too, just so, hey, we're, we're watching the kid that we actually have a chance of getting, not if he doesn't have a GPA, we have no Wait, shot at uh, Can you uh, talk a little bit about the importance, you know, for the, a lot of those kids, they don't understand that until it's too late, because a lot of kids, they don't have, you know, somebody at home to tell them or stay on them about their grades or, or their school attendance for that matter. You know, I have a kid that I coached a while back and, um, you know, you can tell them, but it helps sometimes when other people tell them, you know, especially if it's from a college coach, you know, the importance of going to class, being there on time, taking care of your schoolwork, you know. Um, so if you can kind of elaborate on that a little bit. I think when it comes to high school, a lot of guys, and I mean, I, me personally too, I mean, I, I can be honest with myself, like, should have taken if the academic part of it serious my freshman year because it all starts there. It, you can't wait till your junior, senior year to try and boost your GPA up. Um, freshman year is where, to me, it, it begins. Obviously, you you want that. You want those guys to have the education part as far as the importance of it. Junior year, high school, you know, I mean, in junior high, but. I think the most important thing is to have those guys ready freshman year. And another thing that really helped me too, because again, like I said, it was one of those deals where freshman year was kind of, you know, I'm leaving junior high and I'm just trying to find my way again, you know. But we had seniors in Ennis that would talk to the freshmen and say, look, this is what happened with me and my academics. Trust me, if you're trying to go to college, it's got to start now. You cannot wait. And, uh, I had a guy, uh, O'Neal Peterson, he was our quarterback. Wasn't a senior at the time, but um, I remember like listening to him talk to a, a freshman and look, this is, if you really have aspirations of going to college and playing college football, you have to start your freshman year. And he just kind of went into his grades and he talked to him, it was like, it was eye-opening to me because I just thought, okay, I could just play football and then I can wait till my junior senior year and, and get that and get to college. I'm not worried about it, but it, it, the important, it's got to start your freshman year. You got to just make it a habit because trust me, when you get to college, you're going to want to have great habits when it comes to the classroom. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause like we got a little freshman right now. Um, I think he finally figured it out this, this past nine weeks. The first half of the school year, you know, I'm going, he's missing the bus. I'm going to pick him up. Every other day he's texting, coach, I missed the bus. I'm like, got to get it together, cuz. But I know the potential that he has. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to get him to come. To, well, just this, this nine weeks, all of a sudden, he's got A's and B's. He's coming, he's coming to school on time. So I think he's starting to see um, – the bigger picture for himself, you know? So I hope that carries over to next year for him. Um, what about coach, when we talk about the kids putting together their highlight tapes on huddle, um, do you like full tape? Do you like snippets? What What are you looking for as far as the tape goes? 
Uh, well, on your highlights, they're, you know, they're going to be your best plays. But for receiver, I'll be selfish here. I want to see you catch the ball and get in your yards after the catch. Like, I don't want to see you catch a ball and then hit the ground. I want to see if you can block. I want to see if you're physical. Um, I want to see if you're going to go up and make plays, bring your hands and eyes to the football. I want to see you track the football as well when you're looking at highlights. Um, now, obviously, I go a little deeper with when it comes to film watching. I watch your highlights. If I like your highlights, I'll go and watch your game film. Now, my process takes a little bit longer. So, you know, it's easy to watch. Obviously, if, you got, if a guy has really good highlights, it's, you know, it's kind of easy to see, hey, this guy's good. He's an awful yeah. guy. But I still like to look at your, your game film. I try to look at your – get five to ten uh, clips of your best – three games and your worst three games just to see, hey, maybe if he didn't have a good game here, maybe he's getting doubled or just to see kind of how you are mentally. Hey, are you getting upset? You know, just, I don't know. That triggered something right there, what you just said, coach. Um, you know, another thing that we preach to the, as a high school coach, we preach to the, the kids that we coach, your body language. Yes. Jesus, this is a, that's probably the most important thing. And it's one of the things that's real easy to see on film. Like you can tell if you're upset, you can tell, hey, you're having a bad game. And that's why I said you got to get five to 10 clips just so, you know, we can see how you react to things mentally. Because once you get to college, you, you, you start to figure out, it, regardless of what level you play at, there's a lot of good players in college football. But mentally, it's what really separates those guys. And I mean, it could be, you could be, correct me if I'm wrong, you could be a, a, a offer kid, um, you know, but as a, as a coach, you know, you have three kids you're looking at, the body language could be what separates you from those other two kids. Absolutely. Because, I mean, that body language to me is it's just mental. Like, if, you just, if you're having a bad game, you can't show your opponent that. And you don't want to show the coaches that either because – if the bad game is going to affect you mentally, it's going to affect you mentally in college too. Because everything is, to me, is magnified once you get to college. Everything about football, from school to weights to, I mean, just everything in general. And so, bad body language, man, it's huge turnoff when it comes to recruiting kids. Yeah, bad body language. I mean, it's too many young men in in America that have good body language. We, any coach in America is going to want the good, the guy with good body language. Yep. Well, coach, I'm fixing up to head off to softball practice. I appreciate you coming on. Good luck on the rest of y'all's season. And uh, I hope to have you on again. Maybe talk some receiver drills and do a little clinic for us. Oh, yeah, I'll be prepared for that. I'll get some drills together and Definitely, we'll get together and talk. We got to get together and talk anyway. So, I want to learn a little bit about the wing tee, man, because I think <laughs> some of those plays, man, like you can add that to your offense because it's just something that's not seen. Just in some of those concepts that you guys run, obviously, I'd run them from the gun, but I'd like to learn because who you read. We, this year is going to be a year where we're actually going to utilize a lot more gun, I think. Last year, we didn't use it at all. Uh, the year before, we use it in certain situations. Um, 
just because we had a quarterback that we had some things that he could do that we wanted to utilize. Uh, this year, we have two receivers that are very, very capable and a mismatch in our division. And we have a couple quarterbacks who I feel like are going to uh, come into their own throughout the season. They're younger kids, but um, they got a lot of ability. So we're going to do that. We're going to run our same offense, but we're going to be in the gun a little bit more. And um, like I said, Coach, we'll get together on that too. And uh, I'll keep in touch with you. Go ahead and uh, take care of Texas Southern this week. Yes, sir. You do so, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Anytime. Coaches, uh, you can check this out on our podcast coming up next week. Got a lot of great clinics coming up throughout the uh, following weeks. And uh, go ahead and check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Follow the uh, Facebook page. And that's it.